0: know oh, it's take two though oh, they do. <laughs> we got through 20 minutes of our podcast and realized we were not recording through our microphone
1: yeah wrong mic it was wrong it wasn't mic. 20 minutes it was like 10
0: no it was like at 19 no, no it was, was nine. it 10 mm-hmm. oh eh, yeah all right
1: 944 anyway
0: yeah, well. Harry and I had to pause anyway because we got into an argument <laughs> he wasn't close enough to the mic and it was irritating me
1: I'm sorry I'm close can't now. hear
0: him. And I just, like, yell into the mic anyway, so...
1: Ah! Sorry. i got to go cut that out. No, yeah, you're okay.
0: clipping a little. Fancy word. <laughs>
1: Clippy. Audio engineer, yo. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> hello! Hello! And welcome to Known...
0: Unknowns. The Am I podcast. supposed to say the second word? I don't know. Okay, it's... you always go known... Unknowns. And I'm like, was I supposed to chime in
1: you can sometimes i just want to pause for effect sometimes i mean i'm allowing you to say it if you want but you don't have to
0: yeah see no you gotta decide you can't just be like this this is either for effect or so she can jump in
1: well (laughs) or you can say it from now on if you'd like i'm carly and i'm harry and this is our podcast
0: about spooky stuff
1: Weird stuff,
0: mysteries,
1: the unknown,
0: the I don't know,
1: eerie and ghostly,
0: ghostly and stuff like war- that. Yep. Hopefully, you know what we're doing by now. <laughs> Hopefully, if you've made it to episode five, you know what. And if you're listening to this as the first episode, go back. <laughs> just saying.
1: You can you can just start with this one. No. I- Start
0: from the beginning, you weirdo. (laughs)
1: What (laughs) what if they uh, Okay, Okay,
0: fine. Maybe they heard the first four were really bad.
1: Maybe. Probably right. Who told them that?
0: I don't know, me? No, (laughs) okay. I'm just kidding. I don't think the first four episodes are bad. Anyway.
1: Okay. Um
0: So Harry's gonna go first because he didn't do a lot of research this week. I did.
1: I did research.
0: Okay. He did. He, re- he did it last minute and
1: because uh, well, uh, his
0: first topic, you know, uh, he needs more time on. So he last minute switched. Again. <laughs> yeah. Again. Anyway. anyway. Okay. Let's get <laughs> into it. Tell about it.
1: <laughs> let's get into it. Okay. Okay. hmm so Carly, I want you to imagine that you're a spy. Done it's the cold war you know
0: i really want to be a spy
1: mm-hmm, I, kind I know i wish
0: i would have been a sp- i tell you this a lot mm-hmm. i want to be an undercover like spy
1: yeah you'd be good at it
0: but i also don't want to work for like police that's true so i'm like what yeah okay i don't know <laughs> yeah. it's the
1: cold war you when was that um well we'll put you <laughs> in the 1960s oh <laughs> 70s something okay. like that mine happened 80s. my
0: story happened in 1961
1: oh so My can story this happen is, in 1961? It can, it can be happening in yeah. This <laughs> okay. Uh yeah. This little uh, intro the same year 1961. Thank you. You're a spy deep in deep cover. You're embedded deep behind enemy lines, somewhere in Eastern Europe. Um,
0: <laughs> somewhere. Somewhere.
1: Okay, we'll put you in Belarus. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh you drive out of town to some secluded area where you won't be noticed Fun. you look at your watch it's almost time you take out your shortwave radio what's it's, that it's a it's do a i just pull it radio. out of my pocket uh sure yeah i have it. it
0: in the back seat of my car yeah let's
1: say you had it in the back seat of your so car without you in... this
0: huge like no it can thing. say uh, it
1: can be like a portable radio like so it's size still pretty of a big lunchbox
0: size of a lunchbox <laughs> i don't know okay yeah, i just like want to know you're telling me to imagine this and I like don't like a weather what this radio
1: is. kind of thing
0: those are small
1: yeah well it's a 70s one it's so a little bigger okay 60s
0: 1961 one yeah it's
1: 1961 okay all right, all right. um you wait for, yeah you turn it to the right station you wait with your code book at the ready Maybe you got your headphones on or something. Uh, Soon, right on time, a voice cuts through the static and sounds like this. One, three, zero, nine, three, ready, ready, two, Today, I'm going to talk about numbers stations today. I... Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, if you come across one and don't know what it is, it's going to sound extremely... Uh, creepy. Creepy. That and, was creepy. Yeah, eerie and weird. If you do know what they are and you come across one...
0: You're a spy.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or yeah, you're or that creepy it's little... Also
0: austrian boy was he austrian
1: <laughs> yeah we haven't gotten there yet
0: okay sorry oh shoot we haven't gotten there in this story yet no oh shoot oh sorry okay no keep yeah. going sorry i know some of this because anyway. we recorded already <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh.
1: so even if you do know what they are and you listen to it it's still it's super cool but it's also still eerie and weird it's
0: weird like, i'm like this is creepy yeah.
1: Uh, So a numbers station is an unlicensed and untraceable uh, radio station that regularly broadcasts messages uh, typically made up of a series of seemingly random numbers, sometimes accompanied by other words, tones, or digital noise. Okay. Uh, It's widely understood and accepted that they're operated by intelligence organizations in order to pass messages to agents operating remotely, though no government, um, or no, though Almost no government has ever acknowledged officially that they use or have ever used them before. I think just uh, one like Polish like foreign minister like said once that we that they used them but during the Cold War, I think.
0: And we still use them?
1: yeah mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure if the. US still does, but I think uh, a bunch of other countries still use them. Mm-hmm. okay I still
0: are you gonna get into how people translate these things or... yeah yeah okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get i'm confused into it. okay mm-hmm.
1: okay uh i'll skip a, i'll skip ahead i will skip ahead to that section and we'll get to the little austrian boy a little later thank you um so yeah uh so with the actual broadcast varies station to station um though um uh, but it basically follows a pretty similar format, um, uh, no matter where it is. Uh, so it's structured like this. Um, so first, there's some kind of identifier to let the listener know who the message is for and or from. Uh, so this can come in a number of different forms or combinations of forms. Uh, it can be a tone or noise of some kind, like a song, a series of numbers or letters, or just a word like ATTENTION ACTUNG or ready, (laughs) ready, ready. Three, nine, seven, one, five. Uh, Second, after that comes some uh, meta info about the coming message. Usually the number of number groups that are going to be included or the page of your one-time pad to use. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll explain what a one-time pad is. Yeah, uh, I'm confused. It's like it's a, sort of a code book. Okay. It's for, used for deciphering it. Six, six, four, seven, five. Um, and then after that comes the the body of the transmission. Um, this is usually given out in groups of five digits, sometimes four at a time. Uh, sometimes instead of numbers, it's groups of letters. but so it's a long like string of numbers given out five at a time. Nine two, zero, two, eight seven, eight, four, nine, four. And then so this part of the uh, transmission is encoded and decoded. With a one-time pad, uh, which is a kind of mathematically unbreakable system of encryption, that uses an algorithm to make the message indistinguishable from a random string of numbers. Um, do you want the long or the short explanation? Short. I
0: don't understand <laughs> any of this. <laughs> okay,
1: so it's so basically, you you need two copies of this little piece of paper that has random. So basically, it's you you need to have this like code in order to decode the code. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay. uh, um, And so but you can only use it once and then you have to destroy it. And then you'll have to use a different key for the next time. That's why it's like unbreakable. Okay. Um, Yeah. There's a, there's a really cool, like, a, explanation I found of, like, how it works and, like, how to use encrypt stuff and de-encrypt stuff uh, using that system. But I won't. I'll just link to it somewhere. Thank I won't you. get into it now. Um, okay. And then at the end of the transmission, um, after it gives out the message, it'll just say some version of end or end transi- end transmission <laughs> in whatever language. Oh
0: what happens if they don't tune in on time
1: well you i mean then you miss it i mean generally you know usually it's like on a a set set schedule
0: late though and you tune in a little bit late and you miss it
1: well yeah yeah. Yeah. i mean it it so it usually repeats um itself so it'll uh, a lot of ones that i was listening to would like repeat like that introduction part like several times for mm-hmm. a while um just in case i guess um and so that you know you've got it down um, yeah and, and some of them will just like repeat the entire like message more than once okay or it'll repeat like sections of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um yeah <laughs> i read on wikipedia it said that they usually start on the hour or half hour um, but it also, it said after that, it said citation needed. So I don't know <laughs> if that's, uh, how accurate that is. Cool. Um, yeah. So they've been, so they've been like used by spies and spy agencies for a long time. Uh, the first ones were used during the first world war. Um, uh, shortwave radio wasn't invented yet. That wouldn't be until 1920. So these broadcasts, um, in The nineteen teens used medium and low frequency signals, and they also used Morse code rather than a spoken word mm-hmm. um, yeah and so short wave can travel f- longer distances than lower frequency um ones because they can you can bounce it off the ionosphere, which is a like electrically charged layer of the atmosphere, so it can go hundreds of miles rather than like past the horizon rather than okay. like 50 which mm-hmm. um yeah um, so the reason that we know about these like World War One broadcast is because of Archduke Anton Habsburg of <gasps> Austria.
0: Austrian boy. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh he he was born in like nineteen oh one, so he's like a teenager at the time.
0: What? I thought he was like seven. And I was like, Oh, that's kinda nerdy and now this is just weird.
1: Yeah, he is Oh man. <laughs> yeah, so he was Austrian fascinated. Teen.
0: Mm-hmm. Man.
1: Yeah. He was fascinated with like this new radio technology. <sighs> It was a brand new thing at the time. So he like taught himself Morse code. And since he was a member of the Austrian monarchy, he was able to have like a whole room in their like castle or mansion mm-hmm. or whatever, dedicated to his radio equi- radio equipment. Oh and so he would like, he would like spend time basically every day, like listening to the r- number station transmissions from like different parts of Europe. Um, <laughs> Weirdo. Yeah. What <Good laughs> a life. <laughs> And then on his way home from school, <laughs> like uh, he would call the War Office and give the radio no. operator there what, what the, the numbers that he'd recorded.
0: Why? <laughs> Who wants like a... these? They hear them too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. They they're listening themselves. So, but I don't know. Just because he was a kid and he wanted to help, and he's he's like a member of the royal family, so you're not going to tell him, hey. Buzz Stop. off! Stop!
0: This is weird.
1: Yeah, you gotta right. you gotta be in humor him.
0: Yes. Anyway, but like,
1: I mean, it's good that he was because otherwise we likely wouldn't have any record of these like existing back then.
0: Who um, so was like the first one to he, find it? Yeah, he was like the when first. When he called them, were they like, "Uh, what are you talking about"? <laughs> And he's like, Th- those numbers that play, do you need anything? Do you need any info on those? And he's, they're like, we don't know what that is. What? <laughs> or were they like, okay, I don't, I don't know. Were they surprised?
1: Probably. I would imagine they were surprised.
0: When did he stop doing it? I when guess... he got a girlfriend? <laughs> or a friend?
1: uh yeah so is that or when the war was over whichever came first <laughs> mm.
0: the war ended <laughs> uh
1: yeah so like um but yeah they continued to use them like throughout world war 2 and like but uh, you know after world war 1 and through world war 2 and then like it really like took off they were like being used uh, everyone constantly like throughout the cold War that's when oh. it was like at its peak, okay, like it, basically it seems like basically every country that had any kind of like spy program was using numbers stations up until like uh they started to drop off in the nineties, mostly oh mm-hmm, but they still exist today,
0: so now is the perfect time to use them, right, so no one can find them
1: mm-hmm <laughs> um let me see here uh so they've been known to intrude on like other frequencies like even if you're not looking if you're just listening to the radio like not listening for it uh like this one time in the 70s uh person a woman in andorra which is that little country between france and spain okay okay (laughs) Uh, She was, yeah, a woman in Andorra was listening to the BBC when uh, this uh, woman's voice came in (gasps) and was just reading off numbers. I
0: bet so many people heard that.
1: Probably, but she like wrote a letter to complain about it (laughs) to (laughs) (laughs) to the BBC. (laughs)
0: that sounds like my dead grandma <laughs> like, that's something she would have done
1: right she would have
0: been like this is ridiculous why would this is interrupting my listening
1: uh-huh. to
0: bbc i don't know she yeah. was crazy because you know she's the one that would uh call the police if people were speeding on the highway <laughs> Yep.
1: She sounds cool
0: yep she would <laughs> i remember it if you need more cops out here. They're just speeding by me and I'm going the speed limit. <laughs> yeah. Like every time we were on the highway. <laughs>
1: oh, God. Yeah. So this, okay, The BBC sorry. like presenter kind of laughed it off and was like, he like, I don't know, said like, the people, the big wigs here tell me it's probably just somebody reading off uh, snowfall totals. But since then, like other people have like done more research into it. And other like shortwave enthusiasts. Have. <laughs> I
0: can't this bitch wrote a letter and was like this <laughs> is really obnoxious. I know. <laughs> Don't let it happen again. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but so now it's like basically we're ever we're pretty sure that it was a uh it was a numbers well, station. Yeah. Um what else? Uh in two thousand ten, uh I don't know if you remember this. I vaguely do there was this like I don't. No, okay. I there was don't. this like Russian spy <laughs> ring know. that was like busted or uncovered in like New Jersey or something. Um, and or Pennsylvania, something like that. Where they were you know, it was just a bunch of like Russian spies who were undercover in the US and they had been like Communicating or being communicated with via radiograms, which is what like military and intelligence, like official stuff, calls numbers stations. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, just another example of how they're still in use. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one last thing: uh, in two thousand one, um, for the uh, the station that is referred to as Atención. Uh, it became the first numbers station to be officially and publicly accused of broadcasting to spies.
0: Oh, <laughs> um,
1: it was the yeah first time it was official, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, this came out, uh, during the trial of the Cuban five who were five men arrested in 1998 and indicted for conspiracy to commit espionage, conspiracy to commit murder, acting as an, inda- as an agent of a foreign government and uh, other spy stuff. Um, and so one of the things they were accused of was writing down number codes that they ref- that they received from Atención um, uh, and typing them into laptops to decode them. Um, so the FBI said during the trial that in nineteen ninety five they'd got into one of the apartments of the peep of the Cuban Five and copied the encryption code from the computer. Um, and then which they used to decode various met- messages. Um, uh, some of those were prioritize and, uh, continue to strengthen friendship with Joe and Dennis. Uh,
0: what? I don't, what? I'm confused.
1: Uh, so these Cuban, these Cuban spies in 98 were arrested, um, and the, the FBI had, were, got their, uh. The software that they used to decode their messages, and so they, one of so a few of the messages were prioritize. So this was a message. Yeah, they they were the Cuban government was telling them to prioritize and continue to strengthen friendship with Joe and Dennis.
0: Who's Joe and Dennis? I don't know. Okay.
1: Uh, Another one's under no circumstances should agents German nor Castor. Fly with BTTR or another organization on days 24, 25, 26, and 27. <laughs> and another one. Uh, congratulate all the female comrades for International Day of the Woman.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So they just send out, you know, little greeting messages for Happy International Women's Day.
0: find that so funny i know it's goofy
1: like like spy twitter or something Spy twitter (laughs) not exactly but (laughs) it's more of a one-way thing anyway so those are those are numbers stations
0: that's all you got
1: yeah that's what i have not
0: like that was bad that's good Mm -hmm. yeah cool should we play a little clip again yeah yeah we'll we'll edit it it in some
1: some uh, some 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 audio
0: now now it's gonna go now. Yankee Hotel
1: Foxtrot. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Group one zero. Group one zero. Text. Text.
0: All right, I'm gonna go now. Okay. Okay. Um
1: what do you have?
0: Oh, something real good. Oh, good. Mhm. I have the story of Barney and Betty Hill. Ooh. Ooh.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Who are they? That's all I got. No, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just Just a.
0: That's it. You just guys Barney should know Barney and Betty. Barney and Betty First of all, cute names. Mm-hmm. That's cute. Anyway, okay. It was the first widely publicized report of an alien abduction in the United States. It was in New Hampshire from September 19th to September 20th,
1: 1961. 1961. hmm Cool. So same, it's like the first... Same you
0: were a spy. Yes, that's what we discussed yeah, already. Crazy. How I was... Yeah. What a coincidence. Yeah, what a quinky dink. Okay. So... The UFO sighting happened on ni- September 19th, 1961, around 10.30 p.m. The mm-hmm. hills were driving back to Portsmouth. Portsmouth?
1: Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, Portsmouth.
0: Portsmouth from a vacation in Niagara Falls in Montreal. Cool. Cool. Just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, Betty claimed to have observed a bright point of light in the sky that moved from below the moon and the planet mm-hmm. Jupiter. Upward to the west of the moon. Betty reasoned that she was observing a falling star, only it moved upward.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's what she was trying to tell herself. Since it moved erratically and grew bigger and brighter, Betty urged Barney to stop the car for a closer look, as well as to walk their dog, Delcy. (laughs) (laughs) There's actually a pit. You can see a little portrait, like a family portrait of Uh the two of them with their dog, and it's really cute. This is... Yeah. This
1: has given me strong Lovecraft vibes it H.P. Lovecraft. It's like this This reminds me of the the color out of space, one of us.
0: Okay. Sorry. There's a lot of uh, now TV shows, movies, books, like inspired by this story mm-hmm. and well, by them. Is that yeah. possible?
1: No. It was, Is it earlier? Yeah.
0: Because they also say, actually, it might be in here. Uh-huh. Some A couple people are like, hmm, this story sounds oddly familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like about... And then they're Stun. like, oh, did you pull it from this show? Anyway, <laughs> conti- all right, I'll continue. I t- was trying to say, okay, continue. <laughs> but it's
1: me. You continue.
0: Sorry. Okay, Barney stopped at a scenic picnic area just south of Twin Mountain. Betty, looking through binoculars, observed an odd-shaped craft flashing through... Oh, no, Craft flashing multiple colored lights travel across the face of the moon. Because her sister had several years earlier said she had seen a flying saucer, Betty thought it might be what she was observing. Through binoculars, Barney observed what he reasoned was a commercial airliner traveling through Vermont. However, he soon changed his mind because without looking as if it had turned, the craft rapidly descended in his direction. Ah. Mm -hmm. The observation caused Barney to realize this object was not a plane. (laughs) (laughs) They they quickly returned to the car and drove toward Franconia Franconia Notch, (laughs) a narrow mountainous stretch of the road. Oh. The Hills claimed that they continued driving driving on the isolated road, moving very slowly through Franconia Notch in Mm -hmm. order to observe the object as it came even closer. Betty testified that it was at least one and a half times the length of the granite cliff profile, which was 40 feet long, and that it seemed to be rotating. The couple watched as the silent, illuminated craft moved erratically and bounced back and forth in the night sky. Hmm approximately one mile south of indian head that's what this place is called okay should i not have said that <laughs>
1: no you can call it what by its name
0: okay they said the object rapidly descended toward their vehicle causing barney to stop in the middle of the highway the huge silent craft hovered approximately 80 to 100 feet above the hills's car and filled the entire field of view in the windshield mm. It reminded Barney of a huge pancake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Barney's just hungry. I know. <laughs> He's been on the road.
0: <laughs> that looks like a pancake. <laughs> okay, carrying his pistol in his pocket. Oh. Yeah, he stepped away from the vehicle and moved closer to the object. Using the binoculars, Barney claimed to have seen about 8 to 11 humanoid figures.
1: Mm, inside of the Pancake?
0: Yeah, inside the pancake. Oh, Who that, were peering out of the crafts windows.
1: Okay, I was yeah. about to ask. <laughs> it's
0: picturing craft cheese pancakes.
1: Craft <laughs> <laughs> <it's> <laughs> pancakes.
0: That's not funny, but <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I think it like is. Because <laughs> the craft craft i thought yeah, cheese. okay <laughs> okay Whew. let me let me start over uh barney claimed to have seen about eight to eleven humanoid figures who were peering out of the pancake windows seeming to look at him in unison all but one figure moved to what appeared to be a panel on the rear wall of the hallway that encircled the front portion of the craft the one remaining figure continued to look at Barney and communicated a message telling him to, quote, stay where you are and keep looking, what?
1: <laughs> how, how did he communicate it? Through his the brain? mind. Oh, okay.
0: Telepathically. Is that how you would say that? Mm-hmm. Barney had a recollection of observing the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps. Red lights on what appeared to be a bat wing fins. What? Appeared to be bat? Okay. What red lights on what appeared to be a bat wing fins began to telescope out of the side of the craft. Oh, okay. Mothman. Mothman. Oh shit.
1: Bat. Red eyes. Bat wings.
0: Bat wings. Mothman. The silent craft approached to what Barney estimated was within fifty to eighty feet overhead and three hundred feet away from him. On October twenty first, nineteen sixty one, Barney reported to National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena (NICAP) investigator Walter Webb, kneecap. <laughs> so I'm gonna start calling it kneecap. kneecap. Uh, Walter Webb, that the beings were somehow not human. Barney Mm. tore the binoculars away from his eyes and ran back to the car in a near hysterical state.
1: They told him to keep looking and stay
0: still. I know. That was the mistake. Oh. Okay. Uh, And he told Betty, they're going to capture us. He saw the object again shift its location to directly above the vehicle. He drove away at high speed, telling Betty to look for the object. Well, obviously it can move faster yeah. than them. why are you even try? It can tried? just appear in places. It doesn't even need to move, guys. Yeah. Just listen to what they also, say.
1: how does he know they're trying to capture him? He just said, stay there and keep watching. I maybe I wanted to talk to him.
0: Yeah, maybe they just wanted to talk. Um, she rolled down the window and looked up. Almost immediately, the hills heard a rhythmic series of beeping or buzzing sounds. Number stations. <laughs> they heard the number stations. <laughs> okay. Which they said seemed to bounce off the trunk of their vehicle. The car vibrated and a tingling sensation passed through the hills' as bodies. The hills said that then they experienced the onset of an altered state of consciousness that left their minds dulled. A second series of beeping or buzzing sounds returned the couple to full consciousness. They found that they had traveled nearly 35 miles south, but had only vague, spotty memories of the section of road. They recalled making a sudden, unplanned turn, encountering a roadblock and observing a fiery orb in the road. Mm. So, immediate aftermath. Arriving home at about dawn, the Hills assert that they had some odd sensations and impulses they could not readily explain. Mm -hmm. Betty insisted their luggage be kept near the back door rather than the main part of the house. Their watches would never work again, so they, like, got back, realized their watches weren't working, Mm -hmm. and then they couldn't get them to work again. Oh. Creepy. Barney said that the leather strap for the binoculars was torn, though he could not recall it tearing. Like he doesn't really remember mm-hmm. using. Yeah, the toes of his best dress shoes were scraped. Barney said that he was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom, <laughs> though he found nothing unusual.
1: <laughs> oh, he just wanted to. He,
0: he was compelled, Harry, okay. to inspect his genitals. <laughs> Uh, they took long showers to remove possible contamination and each drew a picture of what they had observed Mm. perplexed the hills say they tried to reconstruct the chronology of, of of events as they witnessed the ufo and drove home but immediately after they heard the buzzing sounds their memories became incomplete and fragmented After sleeping for a few hours, Betty awoke and placed the shoes and clothing she had worn during the drive into her closet, observing that the dress was torn at the hem, zipper, and lining. Later, when she retrieved the items from her closet, she noticed a pinkish powder on her dress. She hung the dress on her clothesline and the pink powder blew away, but the dress was irreparably damaged. She threw it away, but then changed her mind, retrieving the dress and hanging it in her closet. Over the years, five laboratories have conducted chemical and forensic analysis on the dress. Um, I have no other information about okay, that. Okay, don't know if
1: they've found or not found anything.
0: Mm-mm. Sorry if you hear this weird noise I'm drinking out of my water bottle that makes a funny, like, screeching noise. Anyway, there were... Oh, no, no, no. There were shiny, uh, concentric... Mm-hmm. why do i write words that i don't know why do i copy and paste words that i don't know okay circles on their car's trunks on their Ooh. car's trunk that had not been there the previous day wow. betty and barney experimented with a compass noting that when they moved it close to the spots the needle would whirl rapidly hmm. but then they moved it a few inches away from the shiny spots it would drop down A few days later, they reported their odd experience to the U.S. Air Force and kneecap.
1: Okay. Yeah. And. Did they have anything to say about it?
0: Um, yeah, we'll get into that. Oh, okay. A little bit. It was a lot of boring stuff that I was just like. "Eh." Hmm. Like, they were like that's not true and then some people were like yeah that's probably true and i don't know I was just lame. <laughs> anyway all right so this is about betty's dreams there was like a whole bunch of information about it but i didn't really want to get into it because i didn't really care okay but it kind of comes in later so i'm gonna like just mention it <laughs> so 10 days after the alleged ufo encounter betty began having a series of vivid dreams they continued for five successive nights Never in her memory had she recalled dreams in such detail and intensity, but they stopped abruptly after five nights and never returned. They occupied her thoughts during the day. When she finally did mention them to Barney, he was sympathetic but not too concerned, and the matter was dropped. Betty did not mention them to Barney again. (laughs) I found a lot of information about what the dreams were about, and it was basically just, like, creatures abducting her. So I was like, okay. There's more interesting information to get into than her dreams okay because i'm yeah. like okay Okay, well, we can move on okay so on november 25th 1961 the hills were interviewed in at length by kneecap members okay uh although the hills had noted that they had arrived home later than anticipated the drive should have taken about four hours they claimed not to have realized that they had arrived home seven hours after their departure from colebrook so it should have only taken them four right. it took them seven hmm. Um, when the kneecap members noted that the discrepancy, when the kneecap members noted this discre- discrepancy to the Hills, the couple had no explanation. A phenomenon uf- UFO, ufologists, ufologists call missing time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The Hills claimed to recall almost nothing of the 35 miles of U.S. Route 3, uh, between Lincoln slash Indian Head and Ashland, Both claimed to recall an image of a fiery orb sitting on the ground. Betty and Barney reasoned that it must have been the moon. The kneecap informed them that the moon had set earlier in the evening. The subject of hypnosis came up, and it was decided that it should be carried out in order to elicit previously irretrievable memories. Barney was apprehensive about hypnosis, but thought it might help Betty put to rest what Barney described as quote the nonsense about her dreams i thought (laughs) he appeared sympathetic
1: well he was at first
0: uh Uh, by february 1962 the hills were making frequent weekend drives to the white mountains hoping that revisiting the site might spark more memories it
1: sounds just pretty yeah so
0: (laughs) so here's information about the hypnosis sessions okay so benjamin Simon began hypnotizing the hills on January 4th, 1964. He hypnotized Betty and Barney several times each, and the sessions lasted until June 6th, 1964. Simon conducted the sessions on Barney and Betty separately, so they could not overhear one another's recollections. At the end of each session, he reinstated amnesia.
1: Why? Why not let them keep remembering? Why reinstate amnesia? I don't know. Okay.
0: I don't know. So
1: I'm not a hypnotist.
0: So Barney's sessions. Yeah. Because that's probably traumatizing.
1: Okay, I guess. It'd be
0: traumatizing to know. Yeah. Okay. I guess Barney's so. sessions. Um. Simon hypnotized Barney first. He recall his recall of witnessing non-human figures was quite emotional, punctuated with expressions of fear, emotional outbursts, and incredulity.
1: Incredulity.
0: Yeah. Barney said that due to his fear, he kept his eyes closed for most of the abduction and physical examination. Based on these early responses, Simon told Barney that he would not remember the hypnosis sessions until he was certain he could remember them without being further traumatized. Mm. Under hypnosis, as was consistent with his conscious recall, Barney reported that the binocular strap had broken when he ran from the UFO back to his car. He recalled driving the car away from the UFO, but that afterwards he felt irresistibly compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. He eventually sighted six men standing in the dirt road.
1: Okay. The
0: car stalled and three of the men approached the car. They told Barney to not fear them. He was still anxious, however... (laughs) and he reported that the leader told Barney to close his eyes. Oh while, he, while hypnotized," Barney said. "I felt like the eyes had pushed into. My, I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes." Hmm. Barney described the beings as generally similar to Betty's hypnotic, not dream, recollection. so Betty's hypnotic recollection. Mm-hmm. Um, the beings often stared into his eyes said Barney, with a terrifying, mesmerizing effect. Under hypnosis, Barney said things like, Oh, those eyes, they're there in my brain. From his first hypnosis session, and I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine and I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. And that was from his second hypnosis session. And his third hypnosis session, all I see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid that they're not connected to a body. They're just there. They're just up close to me, pressing against my eyes.
1: Aye, aye, aye. (laughs) Aye,
0: aye, aye, aye. Barney related that he and Betty were taken into a disc-shaped craft, the pancake, where they were separated. He was escorted to a room by three of the men and told to lie on a small rectangular exam table. Unlike Betty... Barney's narrative of the exam was less detailed, as he continued to keep his eyes closed for most of the exam. A cup-like device, a cup-like device was placed over his genitals. Uh oh. Yeah, that's why he had a weird like. Maybe I should check that.
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: did not experience an orgasm. Uh, though Barney thought that a sperm sample had been taken.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. The men scraped his skin and peered in his ears and mouth a thin tube
1: peered not peed okay did i say peed no you said peered i just heard wrong
0: sorry okay <laughs> no a thin okay. tube or cylinder was inserted into his anus see i copy and pasted this i would never say anus <laughs> <laughs> and quickly removed someone felt his spine and seemed to be counting the vertebrae. Okay. the vertebrae Okay. Betty reported a conversation with the leader that he understood, that she understood in English. Barney said that he heard them speaking in a mumbling language that he did not understand.
1: Interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yet he also understood them in English. What?
1: Oh, okay.
0: Betty also mentioned this detail. The few times they communicated with him, Barney said it seemed to be thought transference.
1: So they were... Okay, so they were speaking out loud in a different language, but he was, like, hearing them in his brain in
0: English. Yeah. So he was unfamiliar with the word telepathy at that time. Okay. Both Betty and Barney stated that they hadn't observed the beings' mouths moving when they communicated in English with them. He recalled being escorted from the ship and taken to his car. In a daze, he watched the ship leave. Barney remembered a light appearing on the road, and he said, "'Oh, no, not again.'" He recalled Betty's speculation that the light might have been the moon though the moon had set several hours earlier. He also stated that he attempted to produce the code-like buzzing sounds which seemed to strike the car the car's trunk a second time by driving from side to side and stopping and starting the vehicle his attempt was unsuccessful. So that was Barney's sessions.
1: Okay. Um It's interesting.
0: Yeah. So, Betty's sessions...
1: Okay, what happened to her?
0: Okay, under hypnosis, Betty's account was similar to the events of her five dreams about the UFO abduction, but there were also notable differences, mainly pertaining to her capture and release. The technology on the craft was different, the short men had a significantly different physical appearance from that of her dreams, and the sequential order of the abduction event was also different from Betty's dream account. Mm-hmm. Barney's and Betty's memories in hypnotic regression were consistent with one another, but contradicted some of the information in Betty's dreams. That's why I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, right. I don't know. Like, who cares? Hmm. I don't know. I'm just like, her dreams could have been like her remembering the stuff, but it, dreams don't have to be exact, like, recounts of yeah. what happened, you I... know? like
1: Yeah, no. it's definitely...
0: So I'm just like, okay, yeah, that would make I sense. I trust
1: the hypnosis more than the dream. Yeah. Can't, um, not yeah. that I trust. Shut up. The-
0: Betty exhibited considerable emotional distress during her capture and examination. Mm-hmm. Simon ended one session early because tears were flowing down her cheeks and she appeared distressed. Simon gave Betty the post-hypnotic suggestion that she should sketch a copy of the star map that she later described as a three-dimensional projector projection similar to a hologram mm-hmm. i think they gave her this they like gave her a map of the universe
1: oh why mm. okay
0: because the they were like needs it yeah i remember reading like she would walk around like at first they were like oh here's our ship here's a map of the universe like here's everything we're doing and then she asked some weird question and then they got a little angry and then they took away the map and they were like just get on the table
1: very weird that yeah. they gave her, and well, her they husband. Well they wanted to be nice and yeah. then like well, they did something they nice mean to the husband.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yes. Um yeah.
1: Cuz these aliens hate toxic masculinity.
0: Yeah. Eventually she did what Simon suggested, although she said the map had many stars, she drew only that stood out in her memory. Her map consisted of 12 prominent stars connected by lines and three lesser ones that formed a distinctive triangle. She said she was told the stars connected by solid lines formed trade routes, whereas dashed lines were two less traveled stars. Oh. So they traveled to like stars and uh-huh. stuff. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't that much. I must have like really cut out a lot of her session because I don't have a lot there, oh, well, which is weird. I mean, but well, I don't think it's we very heard necessary.
1: About it during your section on uh, Hank. whatever his name is barney's
0: were you gonna say hank yeah his name is not hank
1: i know it's barney not hank hill
0: i don't know now i feel like i want to know more about this really they were just abducted they don't really like they were abducted by these alien-like creatures you heard what they kind of looked like right and what they wore and then they like did tests on them like took skin samples poked and prodded them Mm -hmm. stuff like that What did they
1: wear yeah what what did they wear
0: like shiny black suits or something like shiny black outfits with like black hats or something like that snazzy Mm -hmm. yeah okay so simon the uh hypnotist hypnotist his conclusions yeah yeah let's Let's see see what he thinks after the man
1: of science
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm Don't make fun of him after the hypnosis session. Simon speculated that Barney's recollection of the UFO encounter was possibly a fantasy inspired by Betty's dreams. Mm-hmm. Simon thought that it was most reasonable and con- it was the most reasonable and consistent explanation. I agree, yeah, Barney rejected this idea, noting that while their memories were consistent in some regards, there were also portions of both of their narratives that were unique to each. Barney was now ready to accept that they had been abducted by the occupants of the UFO, though he never embraced it fully, as fully as Betty did.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Though the Hills and Simon disagreed about the nature of the case, they all concurred that the hypnosis sessions were effective. The Hills were no longer tormented by anxiety about their experience.
1: Oh, well, says that. Yeah.
0: Afterwards, Simon wrote an article about the Hills for the journal psychiatric opinion explaining his conclusions that the case was a singular psychological aber- aberration mm-hmm.
1: so okay yeah I'm just
0: so basically even not even the hypnotist believes them well i'm just like that's sad i think it happened i like kind of believe them okay i don't know like the dreams are weird I I don't know why they're talking so much about the dreams, why there's so much stuff put into that, but Uh whatever. Okay, so publicity after the hypnosis sessions. Okay. The Hills went back to their regular lives. They were willing to discuss the alleged UFO encounter with friends, family, and the occasional UFO researcher, but the Hills apparently made no effort to seek publicity. Later in life, Betty claimed to have seen UFOs a number of times after her initial abduction, and she became a celebrity in the UFO community.
1: So eventually she started.
0: (laughs) Barney died of a cerebral hemorrhage on February 25, 1969 at age 46. Mm. Yeah. Betty Hill died of cancer on October 17, 2004 at age 85, never having remarried.
1: Cute, but sad. She didn't find a nice alien. <laughs> she didn't find a nice alien.
0: With. Um, let me get down to the. Okay. So, this part you'll love. Yay. What's that word?
1: Refutations.
0: Refutations.
1: Refuta- refutations.
0: Refutations. You'll love this. Yes. Okay. Which I'm sure you'll agree with all of them.
1: No, probably not.
0: Okay. Uh, psychiatrists later suggested that the supposed abduction was a hallucination brought on by the stress of being an interracial couple in early 1960s united states yeah i forgot to mention that mm-hmm. the woman was white the man was black oh, okay the reason okay so the reason they were traveling such a far distance without stopping, mm-hmm. they were like driving through the night. is yeah. because on that stretch, there were no safe places for a black person to stop on the road. Like according to the green book, uh-huh. wasn't it the green mm-hmm. book? There was no, there wasn't a safe place for them to stop. I see. So they mm-hmm. had to keep driving. Makes sense. Unfortunately. Uh-huh. And that was, I should have, right. I, I think I meant, I planned on mentioning it in this Uh uh-huh portion and i that's another reason why barney was so like weird about not really wanting to talk to people about it he was like well people already kind of not they don't like me so i Uh don't really want to make people think i'm crazier like he was like let's just not draw attention to ourselves we're already an interracial couple and no one likes us Mm -hmm.
1: It also kind of for me it makes sense why they're like re why their experiences at on the aircraft are different why like he was just why like they he were really re- nice to her yeah so like I, I and but so for her she see she thinks that like people need like a good reason to be that like her being them like mistreating her and stuff had to be triggered by like something that she did oh. whereas for like him it just seems more like mm-hmm. more normal that they would just automatically go into like poking and prodding him and
0: yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh so if you're saying this so, is fake yeah if i'm, like, say, if I'm saying i'm saying that if they like made she, it yeah. up or if so they, she was like they did, were really did. nice to me until i said something really mean and right. then they started poking and prodding me and then yeah, the guy was like they just kind of took from, me and started poking and prodding because yeah, she
1: comes from a yeah. world where like
0: i mean she was also a woman well in yeah the 60s yeah i know but, but still like it, yeah, yeah 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 no that's i know i <laughs> yeah Mm-hmm. that doesn't people aren't trying to kill her every day right. because she's a white woman she's mm-hmm. still a white woman <laughs> uh and he is a black man right um so yeah so that's a whole thing about it um so they think it was a hallucin. i don't think it was a hallucination brought on by the stress of being an interracial couple
1: yeah that seems no, weird that i'm seems like weird to me
0: Mm. um betty discounted this suggestion noting that her relationship with with barney was happy and their interracial marriage caused no notable problems with their friends or family Mm -hmm. as noted the interrupted journey as noted in the interrupted journey Mm -hmm. that must be like a documentary simon thought that the hills's marriage marital status had nothing to do with the ufo encounter okay so the hypnotist was like no
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: so skeptic blogger brian mm. dunning noted that the <laughs>
1: skeptic blogger
0: skeptic blogger sounds like, See, that's what you should do you should yeah, be a skeptic blogger <laughs> that's, I,
1: that doesn't sound like a label that i want want yeah i don't i can't imagine that anyone with that title is a fun person to be around mm-hmm. <laughs> skeptic and blogger yeah
0: uh so one of the theories was also just like they were so sleep deprived that might i might have this in here Mhm. i might have that in here but i remember it being like they were so sleep deprived right that they just don't remember getting home like they were just in and out of like oh crap
1: yeah that, that could
0: maybe they stopped on the side of the road to sleep or so- i don't know
1: yeah that that could be that makes some sense to me
0: yeah um Okay, so the skeptic blogger noted that the hypnosis session sessions occurred over two years after the reported abductions, which afforded the couple plenty of time to discuss their encounter. Mm-hmm. Dunning concluded that the Hills' is, uh, inventive tale from the mind of a lifelong UFO fanatic is unsupported by any useful evidence and is perfectly consistent with the purely natural explanation.
1: Okay, so which one was the UFO fanatic? Beforehand, before Betty, this. Betty, okay, because yeah. her
0: sister had said she oh, saw right, a right, UFO right. before that, so she was already kind of interested in it. And then yeah. later on in life, she's like, "Actually, I've seen a lot of UFOs." Yeah, I'm always
1: skeptical of. I'm, I'm, well, so I'm skeptical I of all of them. If I were to
0: see a UFO, you'd be like, "Well, Carly." Well, it just seems really like that, people so.
1: who are interested in UFOs see them a lot more often than people who are less interested people who people I really who... hope
0: you get abducted one day
1: rude but okay
0: yeah i hope you do
1: do you anyway, hope they bring me back or uh
0: maybe not if that'll teach you a lesson to not be t- brought back
1: well what's the point at that point okay,
0: fine i want you to come back jesus is that what you want to hear yes <laughs> of course well, I i'd want rather to hear bring that back. you don't
1: want me to be abducted <laughs> but no
0: i of course i want you to be abducted and then brought back
1: fine okay go on
0: okay he added that a timeline analysis of the two air force radar sightings from the night of the project blue book record shows that neither correlated with the hills's story the air force concluded that both targets were probably weather balloons
1: that so they didn't
0: like see anything in the sky
1: okay so wait but i don't know okay
0: um
1: so it said that like so there was, like, stuff on, like, the radar, but it was probably weather balloons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense to me. They probably saw the weather balloons. <sighs> mm
0: mm-hmm. um, In his 1990 article, entirely uh, un-predisposed. Predis- Predim- predisposed. Oh, my God.
1: Unpredisposed. Um, predisposed
0: Whew. Yeah. Martin Kottmeyer. This is a different guy. Yep. Suggested that Barney's memories revealed under hypnosis might have been influenced by an episode of the science fiction television show The Outer Limits. Is that what you said before? No. Okay. Titled The Bolero Shield. Is that how you say that? Bolero I don't know. Shield? Probably. Okay. Which was broadcast about two weeks before Barney's first hypnotic session.
1: Okay, yeah. (laughs)
0: The episode featured an extraterrestrial with large eyes who says, In all the universes, in all the unities beyond the universes, all who have eyes have eyes that speak. (laughs) The report from the regression featured a scenario that was in some respects similar to the television show.
1: Okay, that sounds... Okay, yeah, that, okay. Sounds, re- that sounds likely. That's... <sighs>
0: when a different researcher asked Betty about The Outer Limits, she insisted she had never heard of it. Cottmeyer also pointed out that some motifs in the Hills' accounts were present in the 1953 film Invaders from Mars. A careful analysis of Barney's description of the non-human entities that he observed revealed significant similarities between the Bifrost man and Barney's descriptive details. One must also take into account Barney's conscious continuous recall of the entities he observed on the hovering craft. They were dressed in black, shiny uniforms and were somehow not human
1: yeah so i don't i don't think I don't believe her that she's never heard of the outer yeah. limits or seen that movie i i don't I don't think that there are any, like, UFO fans who are also not interested in (laughs) sci-fi. I've never heard of that.
0: (laughs) I mean, I probably wouldn't watch it. Yeah. I don't think... I'm not that interested.
1: Yeah, but you would have... I...
0: Okay, Jim McDonald, a resident in the area in which the Hills claim to have been abducted, Mm -hmm. has produced a detailed analysis of their journey that which includes that the episode was provoked by their misperceiving an aircraft warning beacon at Cannon Mountain as a UFO. McDonald notes that from the road the Hills took, the beacon appears and disappears at exactly the same time the Hills describe the UFO as appearing and disappearing.
1: Well, then, yeah, that's what that was. (laughs) (laughs) The
0: remainder of the experience is ascribed to stress, sleep deprivation, and false memories recovered under hypnosis. After reading McDonald's Recreation, uh, UFO expert Robert Schaefer writes that the Hills are the poster children for not driving when (laughs) sleep-deprived. McDonald's article... Focuses primarily on the hills' observations of the light in the sky and the timing of the journey, discounting the hills' accounts of close encounters south of Cannon Mountain as recovered memories. Mm -hmm. Skeptical Inquirer columnist Robert Schaefer wrote the following. I was present at the National UFO Conference in New York City in 1980, at which Betty presented some of the UFO photos she had taken.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: She showed what must have been well over 200 slides, mostly of blips, blurs, blurs, and blobs against a black background. (laughs) These were supposed to be UFOs coming in close, chasing her car, landing, etc., After her talk had exceeded about twice its allotted time, Betty was literally jeered off the stage by what had been at first a very sympathetic audience. This incident, witnessed by many of the UFO... UFOlogies... uh, Leaders and top activists, removed any lingering doubts about Betty's... Okay, sorry. Um... The incident witnessed by many of ufology's leaders and top activists removed any lingering doubts about Betty's credibility. She had none. In 1995, Betty Hill wrote a self-published book called A Common Sense Approach to UFOs. It is filled with obviously delusional stories such as seeing entire squadrons of UFOs in flight and a truck levitating above the freeway. She's older now, though. So, she's going a little crazy. <laughs> Schaefer wrote that as late as 1977, Betty Hill would go on UFO vigils at least three times a week. During one evening, she was joined by UFO enthusiast John Oswald. When asked about Betty's continuing UFO observations, Oswald stated, quote, She is not really seeing UFOs, but she is calling them that. <laughs> on the night they went out together... Quote, Mrs. Hill was unable to distinguish between a landed UFO and a streetlight. In a later interview, Schaefer recounts that Betty Hill wrote, quote, UFOs are a new scene and our science cannot explain them.
1: It's sad. It sounds like.
0: And then later she went on and said, actually, this wasn't my first that encounter wasn't my first encounter with ufos Mm -hmm. she's like i've actually been visited by aliens a lot
1: yeah (laughs) it sounds like me i I mean something happened that they both kind of believed in she was maybe a little bit a little bit weird um before before her husband died, and then he died unexpectedly. I was going to say, Kind of like, broke her brain.
0: Yeah. I mean, poor woman. He died at like 46. Yeah. Sad. She sad. lived over 40 years without him.
1: Is 40, sad. 50-ish years mm-hmm. without
0: yeah. him. So what else is she supposed to do? I don't know. <sighs> yeah, so that's the story of Betty and Barney Hill.
1: You still believe it, though?
0: Kinda. I don't know.
1: I def- I- Well, I, I, most of those de- debunkings sound pretty- Sound pretty logical. Incredible to me.
0: Yeah, but, like, you know, the I guy... just kind of want to believe it.
1: Yeah, I-
0: Could have happened. Yeah, but what about them getting back and all their clothes being torn? I don't think, like, some of the stuff is just weird
1: i i think maybe something weird happened i don't know what i think i, I don't know
0: because that's all weird. i don't know if i think anything just, like, actually
1: happened maybe maybe something else weird happened that like she interpreted as a ufo thing and maybe convinced him was one as well i don't know
0: i don't know either but they were both like, "Yeah, we were abducted by aliens. This is what we saw."
1: Yeah, I mean, I maybe he was kind of, kind of wacky too, and so he would he would believe. I don't know. I don't know. Something strange maybe happened, but I don't think it was a UFO
0: thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I believe it. Okay. Because <laughs> I want to. Yeah.
1: Well, that's as good a reason as any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, that's um, all I got. Okay, that's all I got as well. Cool. Yeah. Do we have uh, anything else to talk about?
0: <laughs> no. No?
1: Nothing else? <laughs> I don't um, think so. Okay, yeah, I don't think so either.
0: Um. We thank everyone okay. enough.
1: Yep, thank you again. Thanks. thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, thanks for rating. A lot of people mm-hmm. rated us on iTunes, which was really nice. Yeah. It was yeah. like, yay and all five stars so thank you thank you
1: for saying you like us
0: yeah seriously for reals um yeah if you have any cool stories email us message us Mm -hmm. all that good stuff um yeah i think that's all we got
1: okay yeah so
0: until next monday
1: i've been harry
0: and i'm still carly
1: and this has been
0: known unknowns
1: have a nice day
0: Because it's weird out there. (laughs) Okay.